So we're here today to uh, kick off Rooted. So um, I just want to share with you guys a few things as we, as we just introduce Rooted to you guys. First of all, um, I just want you to know that I did a little research and I looked at, um, it was called Work Learning Resources. And I looked into that and, and I just want to share you some stats that they had on there. And, and their stats that they had was is, is this. It says, do you know that people only remember 10% of what they read? Think about that for a second. 10% of what you read, you will remember. Now, they will, 20% of what they hear, they will remember. 30% of what you see, you will remember. And then it goes on and says, but they learn 70% of what they discuss and 80% of what they experience. Let that soak in for just a second. Now, they went on to talk about this. They said, they call hearing and seeing, they call it passive learning. But they said that what they call discussing and experiencing, they call active learning. So I gotta admit, I do a lot of passive learning in my life, but when I stop and think about it, what I retain most is, is when I actively learn something when I'm taking it in and I'm discussing it with people and sharing my thoughts of what I've learned with other people and just allowing them to feel what I've learned. And likewise, listening to what they say to me and, and discussing it back and forth and just allowing us together to learn and discuss. So let that soak in a little bit. Find out where you fall into that category. Now I wanted to share this with you. Something else I thought was is, is people that people used to read and listen their way to faith. But today, people grow faster and deeper when they experience and discuss life together. It's, it's a fact when you look at what the, lurk, the, the work and learning process resources say. So when we can experience stuff together and we can discuss it together, we're gonna 80% chance that we're gonna retain more of that and our lives are gonna be better. So we believe that what we experience through Rooted is gonna develop rhythms. It's going, these rhythms, if practiced, if they are experienced and discussed together, if they're practiced together in a way that will help you connect with God, that will ultimately make you better at life and make your life better. Now, if you look on the sides of the walls here, we have these seven rhythms up. And they are, if you look, we have daily devotion, prayer, freedom from strongholds, serve the community, sacrificial giving, share your story, and celebration. Those seven rhythms are gonna be what we're gonna experience through this journey of Rooted. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be something that's really gonna be life-changing. Now, if you look at the front of your bulletin or if you have your book with you, you see on here, you see the slogan, that rooted slogan on there? And it says, connect with God, the church, and your purpose. Now think about that for a second. These are three things that are probably very important in your life, and a lot of things fall into these categories. A lot of things fall into connecting with God. A lot of things fall into the church. And then there's a lot of things that fall into the purpose of your life. You know, what are you here for? Now, I just want to start out with talking about the group side of Rooted before we jump into what the, 
the, what is Rooted. I wanna just share with you some things about Rooted. If you haven't signed up for Rooted yet, I want to encourage you, and I hope that after today, after today's message, you will be inspired and moved to sign up for Rooted for one of our groups. And if you're not in a small group, that's okay. We have large group opportunities. We have some online. For those of you online, we have a couple online groups available too. And we want you to get signed up. You can sign up back at the Connecting Point today or through your church center app or our website. For those of you online, we want to get you engaged in this. This is something that you're not going to want to miss. And I want you to know that this isn't something that we are really wanting from you, but what we want for you. We want you to experience something that's going to be life-changing. Now, some of you are probably like really excited, and some of you are probably like, oh my goodness, this is, I, I'm just nervous, I'm a little scared, I don't know what to expect, I got so much fear inside me, and I just, I, I don't think I can sign up for Rooted. But I think, I want you to know that, that it's okay to have that fear. It's okay to be scared of something new. And like I just said, it's, it, I don't want you to be scared of, of us trying to get something from you. It's what we want to do for you. So I don't want you to have that fear. But I want you to be excited about it. I want you to have some excitement about this because Rooted is something bigger than just Batcher Creek. Rooted is something bigger than just Wabash, Indiana. Rooted is something bigger than the state of Indiana. I want you to realize that, that we are one church of almost 100 churches starting in January that is launching Rooted across the United States. There are literally hundreds of hundreds, maybe even the thousands of small groups launching this week of Rooted with thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are gonna go through Rooted together and have their lives altered and changed forever. So it's okay to be fearful and it's okay to be excited. Now, now that I've kind of introduced all that to you, I have one more thing I wanna share with you. This on today, what, what myself and the rest of the staff are gonna do the next 10 weeks, this is just what we feel is on our hearts that as we went through Rooted Together, that we wanna share with you guys. Now, this is just a little nugget, just a little extra, extra little nugget that we wanted to share with you guys that, that is just a stand, like Rooted itself is a standalone small group session. So we wanted to let you know that when you're going through Rooted, whatever day your group meets is the day Rooted starts for you. So if your group meets tonight, you're gonna go through week one tonight. You're gonna go through the, just the daily reading that was tonight. But then week two, week two starts for you tomorrow and you're gonna go through it all next week. And it doesn't mean you have to have your Rooted reading experiences done by the next sermon, next Sunday morning. You just need to have it done by your next group. So I just wanted to take a moment to clarify that because I know we had a lot of questions on that. So I wanted you guys to understand that. So let's get started with Rooted. Is everybody started, ready to get started with Rooted? Who's excited about Rooted? All right, thank you. So I wanna really start with a, just a word of prayer real quick so we can get started with Rooted. Father, Lord, I just come to you right now. Lord, as I know there's 100, 100 churches going through this and thousands of people that are gonna experience um, rooted this, this, this January and, and this winter season. And Lord, I am so excited that here at Bachelor Creek that we are doing this and that we can just have our lives rocked and changed as we grow deeper in you, Lord. Lord, I pray that, that um, Rudy could just 
just be something that we can just bring back to you and just give you all the glory, Lord. So Lord, just, just absolutely just allow us to be open to this. Hear your word and see you through all this, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I wanna start out with, with a quote from Nona Jones. Nona Jones quoted this. I, I watched, uh, I was on an online conference a couple months ago and I saw this and it just absolutely just was like, boom, it just blew my mind because there's so much truth in this. She says, we are called to be fishers of men, not keepers of the fishbowl. Think about that for a second. We are called to be fishers of men, not keeper of the fishbowl. And I got to thinking, what did she mean by that? And it made me realize that in, in Matthew 4, 18, it says when Jesus was calling his, his first, some of his first disciples, he said, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishers of, they were fisher of men. They were fishermen, sorry. And he said to them, follow me and I will make fishers of men. So see, that we, are, we, are, we, are, we are called to be fishers of men, not just keepers of the fishbowl. So that's bigger than our fishbowl right here, is what we're saying. That's exactly what Nona said. We can come here and we can, just, we can just take care of ourselves inside this little fishbowl that we have here and be okay. But it goes a little deeper than that. It goes a little bit deeper than that. Jesus called us to make disciples, not to be disciples. That's pretty bold. That's pretty bold. He calls us to make disciples, not to be disciples. But if you look at the Great Commission in Matthew 28, it, here, and it's, I gave you the amplified version of this because I really like what this says. And it says, And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted that, he was, that it was really he. Jesus came up and said to them, All authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, to believe in me, and to obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. I am with you always. So he calls us to make disciples, not to be disciples. He calls us to be fishers of men, not to be keepers of the fishbowl. So how do we break free from the mindset of only swimming around in our, in our fishbowl? How do we break free from being okay just calling ourselves disciples? How do we break free from that mindset? Our hope is that as we journey along together for these next 10 weeks of Rooted, that we can unpack these three important things of connecting with God, the church, and your purpose. We pray that as we go through that, it can alter our mindsets forever. Now, when you go through week one, you will see that the, the, the main verse for this week is Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47. Pretty, pretty common verse. A lot of us know it. A lot of us think we know it pretty well. But let's dig deep into it here for a second. 
Let's read through it. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to, in, to anyone who had need. Every day they committed, or every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and, to, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who, who, those who were being saved. So how do we connect with God? How do we connect with God? One way is to worship regularly. And we just read that, that every day they committed themselves and worshiped together. They continued to meet together. So worship regularly. What does that look like? So if we're gonna worship regularly, there's things that we, got, we can do. And, and if you think about um, worshiping regularly, just take our church, just take Bachelor Creek, for example. We worship regularly throughout the week because we come together as a body on Sunday morning, but then we also worship together through our groups on Sunday nights, Sunday mornings. We have groups that meet on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. So we continuously worship together every day. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. You wanna worship regularly? You can do that on your own by reading your Bible. Pray, pray to God daily. Now here's, here's an interesting question. Since we came to church today, you know, about a year and a half ago or two, maybe two years ago, I was convicted by this. And I thought, man, this is crazy because I was a victim of it. How many of you actually got up, and don't raise your hands because I don't want to point anybody out, but you know. And again, like I said, I was a victim of this. How many of you got up and read your Bible and prayed this morning? knowing that you were coming to church, knowing that you were gonna get that stuff. But I'll admit, just a few short years ago, I didn't. I'm going to church today. I don't need to read my Bible. I don't need to pray because I'm gonna do that at church. But I'm still committed to daily reading my Bible, daily praying, because it starts with me, just like it's gotta start with you. So when we worship regularly, that's what we need to do. Now, I wanna share a slide with you. I got a, I got a picture up here. And uh, how many of you know what this is? Perfect, perfect. So I couldn't have props up here because we don't have any of this standing in the field right now. So, um, so I had, this is the best I could do. So thank you, David Diener, for helping me out with this. Uh, he did a great job with this. But, but what I wanna show with you is, is look at, th this is just a single stalk of corn. Now, now, this could represent many of us. We're kind of mature in our faith, so we're, we're, we're growing, right? We've got some corn showing uh, up there, but there's something I want to show you here. When we worship regularly, now, okay, I want to stop for just a second. I have to admit, I am not a farmer. Just going to throw that out there. So, 
I'm going to give this to the best that I can from the knowledge, the, the, the best knowledge that I have. Um, I talked to a friend a couple years ago and for some reason we were talking about corn and he shared this with me and I literally called him up this week to get it refreshed in my mind. So if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but you guys can help me out through this. But, but I want you to look at this corn. When it stands by itself, what it has is look underneath in the dirt. It has roots there. They're growing down. Now what happens when, when around here come late August and, or late July, beginning of August, it starts to get hot and we don't get as much rain, right? So those roots start to go deeper into the ground. So what happens is they go deeper in the ground and that makes that plant get the nutrition and the moisture that it needs. Because the only thing that piece of corn, is, that, that stalk is thinking about is keeping itself growing and making itself healthy enough to produce corn. Now, if you look a little bit closer, right above the ground, you see these brace roots that come out. Now this corn, this corn will continue to make brace roots and they'll break free of the ground as it grows and make more brace roots to help stabilize that because what happens is, is when it grows, the ears of corn then come out and if it leans one way, those brace roots will help keep it from leaning. So the more the roots are healthier, the stronger that plant's gonna be when it's standing by itself. Just like the stronger and healthier you're gonna be every day when you drive yourself deeper into God's word, every day when you pray to him and dig deeper into God and a deeper relationship into God. Every day when you get, whatever day your group meets, when you get together with your group, you're going to experience a deeper level of your relationship with Jesus. So the next point is, is how do we connect with the church? How do we connect with the church? Now I just wanna, I just wanna clarify. I'm not talking about this building. I'm not talking about our fishbowl here. I'm not talking about Bachelor Creek. But how do we connect with the church? Like I just said, do life together. Do life together. That doesn't mean, I mean, you could do that with small groups, but it's also doing things with your neighbors, doing things with people that don't know Christ. Do life with them. You weren't created to be alone. You were created to do life together. Serve people, love people. Now I have another slide. We still know what this is, right? More corn. There's more than corn in Indiana, though. We still have Indiana Beach, so. <laughs> that, was a, that was no advertisement for Indiana Beach, sorry. But um, anyways, um, so when I look at this slide, there's a couple things. When we do life together, we still got their stalks of corn. We still got the corn growing off. This corn is still maturing, and we still got the roots. We still got the brace roots. But what I found out when I was talking to this local farmer friend of mine, he told me that, that as that corn stalk grows, it knows. It knows that it has other corn growing next to it. So it's not depending on those brace roots as much. And sometimes they won't grow as big. The brace roots won't grow as big because they know other corn is growing right next to it. So when they grow close to next to it, guess what happens? They lean on each other. They trust on each other. They look forward to growing up together. They look forward to growing deep. The roots are still gonna grow deep. If it's hot and dry out, those roots, all of them are gonna grow deep together. 
So if we're growing deep individually and then we come together and grow deep together either on Sunday morning corporately or in our groups, we're gonna continuously grow deep and we're gonna continuously lean on each other and trust each other and know that if we continue to lean on each other and we point everything to God, we're gonna stand and stand firm. And there's not gonna be much wind or anything that could blow us over. Things can still happen. Things can still knock us over. But the stronger we are together, the less likely that will happen. Next, how do we connect with your purpose? How do we connect with your purpose? You know, we all want to, stand, we all want to understand and, and, under, and try to figure out, you know, what am I truly here for, right? You know, what, what is my purpose? What, am I, what is my purpose here on earth, right? Many of us struggle with trying to figure that out. But here's what I want you to understand is, is you have to truly understand that no matter what, you matter. You matter. Don't ever let anybody tell you that your purpose doesn't matter or that you don't matter because you matter. And you have to understand that. And why do you matter? You matter because God has a story inside you. Every one of you has a story. Now you might be thinking, man, I don't have a story that is anywhere like somebody else's that's just this traumatic, life-changed thing. Yeah, but you know what? They don't have your story. Only you have your story. And God gave you that story for a reason and for a purpose, and it matters to him, and it better matter to you. So why does he give us a story? So that you can invest in the people. Because he gave you your story, and not, he didn't give me that story, because he can invest, use you to invest in somebody that I can't invest into. Think about that for a minute. Each one of us has a unique story because each one of us can relate to somebody and help somebody find a way to grow deeper into their life and into their walk and to help and eventually to find Jesus sometimes. Because remember, we weren't created to just be disciples. We were called to be disciple makers. So your story matters. Now, when we looked at Acts 2, through verses 42 through 47. There was something in there that just really just caught my attention this week. And I shared that a little bit with Nate earlier in the week and, and we kind of talked through it a little bit and, or he did more listening and I did more talking probably. But, um, but what I saw in that is, is, is there was at the very end of verse 47, um, it said this, it said, and the Lord added to their number daily those were being, who were being saved. And I thought, man, how is that happening? We have Christians, what looks like in a fishbowl because they're doing everything together. They're breaking bread together. They're doing life together. They're, they're doing their thing and they're doing it all together, right? And I'm thinking, how is the adding to their numbers daily? But then I thought, there has to be more to this story than I'm seeing. So what I did is I went before that, and I looked at Acts 2, 36 through 41. And here's what it says. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. 
When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and, and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the promise is for you and your children and for all of you who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With, with many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accept his, those who accept his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their numbers daily. So I figured out what they did. That shared with me. They were preaching the gospel every time they met. And they were preaching it in places where other people that didn't know Jesus were at. So it goes beyond our fishbowl here. We have to be out in the community. We have to be out in places to do. And don't let us get caught up in our fishbowls inside of our group settings. We got to experience life outside of groups. We got to experience it inside of groups. Don't get me wrong. Groups are important. Church is important. There are huge things in our lives. But we have to do life outside of our fishbowls. We have to do life where people that don't know Jesus can find and hear of Jesus so that their lives can be saved too. Because we are called to make disciples, not to just be disciples. Now, I have another slide up here. More corn. So when I look at this, we look at the very top. The seed is planted. Starts a little root going down, comes around, it's starting to mature. We sprout out a little bit. It keeps coming around and sprouting out, and it keeps getting a little bigger, a little more mature. And then you finally see some ears of corn on it. And then it gets bigger ears of corn. And then it finally starts to, to die. And then it produces an ear of, a full ear of corn. And then we got the three seeds at the top because we harvest it. Now, I'm not quite sure, um, you know, I'd have to ask Stan or somebody. I'm not quite sure how the process of making corn to be able to replant it. I know there's a process of that. But I'm not here to educate you on that. So, but what I do know is somehow, some way, somebody really smart has figured out how to make corn to reproduce itself. But think about that. That plant started out as a seed, went all the way around that life cycle, and went back to a seed form, and did it again, and did it again, and did it again. Now as we, as we've learned, and we've looked at these three things of how to connect with God, how to connect with the church, and how to connect with your purpose. And we've seen this maturing slide here. So why is rooted so important? Why is it so important to me? Why is it so important to me? See, when we looked at Acts 2, 42 through 47, and we read that, and we looked a little bit before 42, that was the first church. And what they did, what they did then, is the reason why we're here today. Because they kept reproducing. 
They kept making disciples. They kept sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. They kept going through that cycle. So what happens if we go through this cycle, we harvest our corn, and we didn't put it in our bins, and we don't do anything with it? What happens? We have broken the cycle of, the, of what corn is. We may have enough seed to plant corn for another year, and then we harvest that and then put it in our bins and do nothing with it. So then what happens? We've now made corn extinct. It doesn't exist. It's gone. Corn is no more. So what happens if we sit here every Sunday and we don't share the gospel of Jesus Christ in our communities, in our workplaces, with our neighbors? Because the first church did it, and that's what's got us here today. But if we don't continue to do it, our generations to come, years to go from now, they won't be sitting here. Think about that. Let that soak in. Here's the bottom line. Here's what I want you to get today. No matter where you're at, no matter where you're at in your, you can look at this as your faith cycle too. No matter where you're at in that, that circle there, whether you're just the seed just starting, or whether you're just sprouting up or you're maturing and getting ears of corn coming off of you or you're harvesting, no matter where you're at. Your journey is not a journey until you step out of your normal. Your journey is not a journey until you step out of your normal. For some of us, we've gotten too comfortable and your journey is not a journey until you step out of normal. Now, there's one more thing I want to share with you. That seed of corn goes around that cycle. It has one thing on its mind the whole time. One thing on its mind the whole time. I have to do whatever I can to reproduce myself. I have to do whatever I can to reproduce myself. So I'm asking you today, what are you doing and how hard are you working at it to reproduce yourself? Not you personally, but something in you that is Christ. What are you doing to reproduce Christ into others? You have him. He's living inside you. But what are you doing to reproduce him? Here in a minute, the band is gonna come up and play. And during that time, I want to encourage you. If you don't even know Jesus, that's okay. We want you to come forward. We're going to have a couple elders and some staff come up. We're going to be standing off to the sides. I'll be up front here. We want to pray with you. And again, it's not what we want from you. It's what we want for you. We want you to be free from not knowing Christ. We want you to be free from your strongholds. Some of you are in a relationship with Christ and you've known him for your whole life, but there's something holding you back. Maybe 2020 was so rough on you that you have some hardships in your life. That's okay, come up. We wanna pray with you because you matter to us. Your story matters to us and it matters to Jesus. We wanna help you set aside what it is that's holding you back. 
So as this band gets ready to play, I wanna encourage you to come forward. Pray with us. We'll be up here. We love you guys, and we want to be with you guys, and we want to walk with you guys. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, man, I thank you so much. I thank you for, for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross for us. Lord, I know that we, we, we probably don't deserve anything that we have but you love us so much that, that you gave us grace and mercy. You gave us your son. Lord, no matter where we're at in our growth and our faith, I pray that our mindset is one that is just reproducing you and sharing the light of you with others. Lord, I pray that, that as we just continue to die through are rooted for these next 10 weeks. Lord, I pray that, that people just, their lives will be changed and that they'll wanna share their stories and that they'll wanna invest into others. And Lord, that starts today as we just let go of those things that are holding us back. Let go of those fears. Lord, I pray that as, as people just set it down at your feet this morning, you will just let them feel your presence more now than they ever have before, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.